And Nova Scotia is making news today. Uh, they have decided to make all adults in the province potential organ donators uh, unless you opt out. And, of course, this has raised a few eyebrows. Here to talk about why and how this will work, Dr. Stephen Bede. He's the medical director for Nova Scotia's Critical Care Organ Organ Donation Program. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So what prompted uh, Nova Scotia to take the stand here and say, uh, we're going to have to get people to opt out of donating their organs? Well, we know that there's people who are living poor quality lives with end organ failure awaiting a transplant. Some of them will die and our donation rates in Nova Scotia and across the country aren't where we'd like them to be. And so we've tried as a program to do everything we can to to increase donor awareness and donor rates. That's been the focus of our work for ballpark 10 years now. And as we've evolved, this opportunity has been something we've been aware of and we thought it might be worth doing, and Premier McNeil has made this something that he would like to see happen, so we started a conversation with the with the government. Where uh, did your uh, Nova Scotia's organ uh, donation rates sit, just to give us an idea? Well, we've in the last decade or so, we've been pretty close to the top of the country with donor rates of around 20 per million. We had a little bit of a dip, uh, which made us start to think, are we... Are we uh, having trouble here, do we need to get ahead of the curve again? And so we refocused our efforts, and we got up to about 22 per million last year. But we've seen other provinces, in particular Ontario, with the investments they've made, that we've seen them go from sort of the the low teens into the just about mid-20s. So we've seen that investment in donation systems can certainly work. That's a message from other places around the world and even from our colleagues in other parts of the country. So they are uh, a target that we'd like to get to. I'd love to be able to say Nova Scotia is the highest rates in the country, and uh, we do need to increase the rates we have now. How is this uh, organ donation system going to work in Nova Scotia now? Walk us through it. Well, we have some work to do before it's officially proclaimed, but once proclaimed, the presumption would be that anybody who would die could be a potential organ and tissue donor, and so they would be assessed as such and would be a donor unless they had previously indicated they did not want this to happen or if at the time of their death a conversation with their family uh, informs us that, that the loved one would have specifically changed their mind, if you will. And that conversation with the family could could result in a change in either direction if they had indicated they did not want to be a donor but the family says you know that's the way it used to be but then our our neighbor got a kidney and they've rethought it and he should be a donor we'd respect that just like if we we did not know that they had uh, excluded themselves and we were proceeding down the donation path they could tell us that, that their loved one in fact really did not want to be a donor we would consult with the family and respect them but we ask the family to speak to us with with the 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 patient's voice not specifically what do they want but what would your loved one have been telling us dr beat i'm sure you just set off a few alarm bells i'm going to say you know for the record i like the idea of having to opt out because i don't think it's too difficult to do and i think there's a lot of people 
uh, that just are not having conversations they should be having and are, you know, we tend to be lazy humans. Uh, but if, if forced uh, with the decision to make and you're very passionate about it, it would be very easy to opt out. What worried me was when you said that a family member uh, could say, well, um, they, they have opted out, but then they changed their mind. They just didn't opt back in. That is going to be uh, ringing a few alarm bells with more than just me, because that means that people could go against your wishes. Can you maybe clarify and maybe put our, uh, you know, our fears at rest here? Well, I, I, I hope well, the reality is they do that now. We have, uh, we have in Nova Scotia, uh, registry uh ontario for example has has a, a, a registry we know that people have indicated that they want to be donors but at the time of of their death their families basically override that decision uh so it's a reality and i i think it's a problem i agree with you we really do need to respect the wishes of the patient but it, it is happening now i think it will happen much much less in this different system because the starting point will be different the starting point will be everybody will be a donor if they're medically suitable let's see if that's what their wishes was in today's system nobody's a donor unless they've unless they've uh, previously indicated that they want to be or the family provide consent so we've sort of turned it around now, we, we are very respectful of the fact that some people will say they don't want government telling telling them what to do with their body or whatever. And that's why we're going to certainly be working on a tool that will enable us to know what do people want. If they do not want this to happen, we'll have something in place that will clearly indicate that. It'll be, would it be um, on their driver's license that they've decided to opt out? Because right now, I think on our driver's licenses here in Ontario, we have to, you know, it indicates if we've opted in. Well, the exact mechanism will be determined in consultation in the next year or so. But in Nova Scotia, we have it on our health card. So whether it's driver's license or health card or something like that is to be determined. But it will be a, a tool like that that we expect to be culturally sensitive easy to access, readily available. It will be very user-friendly. And uh, we, we really want to make this good for everybody. We don't want to put obstacles in the way. This is good for families and patients who are awaiting a transplant. And some of the people who are potentially adverse to this, uh, they may get sick themselves. And who knows how they'll feel if they're awaiting a transplant. But But we do want to respect their right to protect their own decision in autonomy, and we will, but we also want to make donation the right thing to do for everybody if we can. And certainly the work we're going to be doing to set up for this will be a huge amount of public and, and uh, health care related education. So we'll get conversations around donations started. What are you hearing from uh, people, Nova Scotians right now, about this idea that you'd be giving presumed consent unless you opt out of organ donation? The majority of the public are supporting it, and I think that's true across the entire country. But there is a significant minority who have concerns, and I respect that. And I wonder if the minority who have concerns are worried about either this notion of losing autonomy and the government telling them, 
you know, what, what to do with their body. Fair enough. And others may have uh, concerns because they don't truly understand how the system's going to work. And education is our, is our uh, solution to an awful lot of that. People in Canada are very generous. We know that. And we know from public surveys that 90-plus percent of the population support donation. We know that most people who end up with end-organ failure and need a transplant have conditions that they develop over time. Uh, And so the population at large have a stake in this because who knows if they're the ones that might need an organ in five years or ten years, or them or their loved ones. And our system in Canada has gotten a lot better, but we're still not, we're not really that close to the best, the best systems in the world. So we have work to do. Dr. Bede, you mentioned that families will continue to be approached to confirm the donor's wishes, even if they've opted um, out of the situation. If a family member can't be consulted in a timely manner, um, the person will be presumed a donor, you said in an article uh, when you were speaking to the CBC. What is a timely manner? What does that look like? Like, how much time do you have? Because I know that time is of the essence when you're trying to harvest mm. an organ. Well, that's true. Um, time, this is a time-sensitive type thing. And, we're, and it would be, the default will be that you would be a donor. We're talking about roughly you know, 24 to 48 hours. Now, we often have situations where we have to um, provide supportive care for very sick patients in the ICU while we await the arrival of family members from other parts of the country or the world or whatever. And in this kind of a circumstance, if we had to wait because an important member of of their family was on their way or we weren't able to contact somebody, we would wait. A day or two would not be unreasonable. We couldn't do that for, you know, an extended period of time, but but that's not unreasonable. I might be asking you uh, the impossible here, but can you put into words from your experience and what you've seen um, how it feels for someone who is getting organ donation to, to hear that oh, we've got a donor? Well, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't know that firsthand but I have I have taken care of lots and lots of patients and families who have uh, who've been the benefactors of this over over the years, and I've also seen many many families who've been donor families, and and what they will almost universally tell you is that this is it's not a cliche. It is literally life changing. It is that phone call that they've waited for that will give them a second chance at life. And how do you understate the importance of that? It's impossible for me to credibly do it, but I've witnessed many, many recipients talk about how it changed their lives for the better. And the other really important thing that many people don't really appreciate is that for families who make the decision to donate, this is often an enormously powerful healing decision. It is a way for something good to come out of what was otherwise nothing but a tragedy. We heard about that yeah. with the, some of the families from the humble Broncos players. Absolutely, yeah, and that's and this is this is a good thing for the patients who need a transplant to increase our donation rates. It is. An optimal, it's an important part of optimal end of life care for any families going through this tragedy. And it's good for the system as a whole. 
So this presumed consent legislation is just a tool out of out of several things that the system needs to do to increase donation rates. Doctor, before I let you go, I want to ask you a quick question. Is there interest coming from other provinces? There is. There has been conversations around this on and off for many years. This has been something that the national sort of donation team have talked about it. Whether we are at the point where other provinces are prepared to go down this route or not, I'm not quite sure, but there's no question there's been conversations at the national level. And maybe this will will spark um, much more focused conversations in, in other jurisdictions. I suspect the rest of the country will be watching us, and that's okay. We can learn from other countries in the world that have done it, and maybe they can learn from us. Dr. Bede, I want to thank you for your time. No problem. Thank you. Dr. Stephen Bede is the medical director for Nova Scotia's Critical Care Organ Donation Program, and they've made the announcement that they will be the first province to opt out of organ donations. So you, it's presumed consent. You pass away, you haven't opted out, you're going to be donating your organs.